I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a little over a week since we saw Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin fight to a highly disputed draw for the middleweight championship of the world, but uh, ever since that week, I thought I should try to make the time to go back, watch the fight, see if my score for the fight would change in any way. I scored the fight nine rounds to three, 117 to 111 for Gennady Golovkin, and it did change upon reviewing the fight. It went from 117 to 111 to 116 to 112 for Gennady Golovkin. I do not care who you are. There is no way that you can convince me that Canelo won more than four rounds. All right? Sorry, that's just how I feel. And Oddly enough, after the fight, if you were listening to the excellent uh, boxing program, Talking Boxing with Billy C., he does he did this uh, post-fight show immediately afterwards, just five minutes after the uh, final interviews uh, in the ring were done. You might have heard me on the show, and that's the clip I'm going to play for you right now. We've got another caller on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Andrew from Calgary, Alberta. Andrew, how you doing, my man? How you been? I'm good. Uh, I, I was doing very good up until I heard the scorecards for this very good fight, which I thought Gennady Golovkin won. Yeah, well, how'd you score? What'd you score it, Andy? I actually scored it 117-111, uh, but looking back at it, I think when I watch it tomorrow, when I don't have as much alcohol uh, streaming through my system, I might come to the same score of 116-112 to as you and Harold Letterman did, but... Uh, <sighs> 118 to 110 for Canelo. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I think that guy had more drinks than me. I, th- I think she did. And, and, you know, I did mark a couple of rounds, like round 10 uh, and round 3, in my opinion, were, were extremely close. Uh, so even if you give those two rounds to Canelo, assuming the judges are in uh, De La Hoya's, on De La Hoya's payroll, um, you know, maybe that's where the, uh, the score tightened up. But um, I. I don't know. I'm with you, brother. I, I thought that uh, Triple G won the fight. At least they didn't rob him all the way. You know, at least they gave him a I, draw. That, yeah, that, that, that was a big scare. As soon as I heard Adelaide Byrne scores the fight 118-110 for Canelo, this chill went through my body like, oh, no, don't do this, don't do this. I mean, a draw is not as bad as giving it to Canelo, but still, it's pretty bad. There's no doubt about that. There's. Uh, it was – hey, listen – you know, I, that's why I said earlier in the week, I, I felt that Triple G had to knock out Canelo, had to knock him out to win the fight, you know. But uh, but we got a draw, so uh, I don't know. Um, like I've been saying, Canelo can't hit effectively on the move. I think it was magnified tonight, Andy. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you calling with your thoughts, and uh, we'll look forward to you next time, brother. Thank you. I look forward to doing this again. All right, man. Have a beer for me, will you? Definitely. I'm going to go have several more. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Have a good one. You too. That's my man, Andrew. Uh, he usually uh, calls in. Yeah, if there is a standard for boxing discussion shows, then I, I think Billy C is definitely at the top. He just he does a phenomenal job every time. He is professionalism with a capital P, and He's never he's never boring. 
you know, I, I will sometimes listen to the show. He's actually encouraged me to call in more often. And sometimes I just think, no, I, I really shouldn't. But I decided that I had to after this fight, mainly because I was, me and so many other people at the bar, we, we, we all thought that Golovkin had won. Nobody thought that Canelo won. Even the Mexicans didn't think he won. That's why they were booing. Don't give me this crap of, oh, they were booing because, you know, they thought Canelo won. No, no, they didn't. Stop lying to yourself, okay? You know, the fight was a while ago. It doesn't mean you still have to be drinking. Good God almighty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Adelaide Bird's scorecard of 118-110. Even Oscar De La Hoya said that that was an absurd score. I watched the uh, the post-fight press conference, and yeah, even when Oscar De La Hoya, the guy who promotes Canelo, says, oh no, 118 to 110, uh, 10 rounds to two for Canelo, no, that, that, that was a bad card. See, even when he says that, you know, okay, then maybe it's time to, you know, give Adelaide a gold watch or something, just shove her out the door. Or, I don't know, maybe the door of an airplane. I don't know. But either way, uh, there was one thing that uh, did have me concerned during the press conference where they they, they did talk about um, uh, a rematch taking place. And keep in mind, the only person who had a rematch clause in their contract was Canelo. Triple G did not. Gennady Glovkin, he could have lost the fight. There would have been no rematch. But if Canelo lost, then there would have been a rematch. But uh, at one point during the press conference, Eric Gomez, who is the president of Golden Boy Promotions, I'm pretty sure it was him. Unfortunately, I didn't get uh, the audio for this part of the press conference. I got some other stuff. I had uh, parts where Triple G was still at the press conference. Uh, another part where Bernard Hopkins was trying badly to pronounce the words grim reaper but um eric gomez president of golden boy promotions he said that canelo canelo will fight again in may but there's no guarantee that it's going to be against triple g so if that's the case and i hope to god that it's not but uh even canelo's manager came out recently and said that uh he's not sure if the rematch with uh Canelo and Golovkin. He's not sure if that happens in May. It begs the question, okay, so who is Canelo going to fight in May? And also, who's Triple G going to fight in the meantime? There's actually talk of Triple G having to fight in December because this guy does not like to stay on the shelf for very long, okay? He's already 35 years old. He will be 36 by the time uh, May comes around. And again, there's no guarantee that the fight takes place in May. And trust me, I think that they're going to do their damnedest to make sure that it doesn't happen in May. They're going to want this to happen in September. So by that time, Triple G will be even closer to 37. And we should have seen this coming, unfortunately. Nobody nobody dared consider that this fight could possibly end in a draw. I mean, uh, it, it's just infuriating. It's like I wrote... In uh, my post-fight uh, article, this is boxing, unfortunately. Triple G versus Canelo. That the, the fight itself, I thought was really good. I, I thought it was really good. Th like Both of those guys have very, very great chins, especially Golovkin, because 
There's one point where uh, Canelo lands the, the beautiful right hand of his, the one that put Khan to sleep, the one that put Kirkland to sleep. He just lands it, and all Gennady Golovkin does is just stand there like, okay, that's good, and they just start fighting again. It Oh, no, I, I love that fight. I really did enjoy it, but uh, I hope we don't have to wait very long for a rematch, okay? Really don't. Moving on. Andre Ward announced his retirement from the sport of boxing earlier this week. Ward wrote on his website the following statement, quote, To the sport of boxing, I love you. You've been by my side since I was 10 years old. You've taught me so much. You've humbled me. You've promoted me. I've sacrificed a lot for you, but you've given me more than I could ever thought possible. You gave me a platform, made me a champion, and helped me provide for my family. I am forever grateful for to you. You and I will always be synonymous, connected at the hip. Thank you for all the wonderful people I've come in contact with because of you. I've made friends for life. As I walk away from the sport of boxing today, I leave at the top of your glorious mountain, which was always my vision and my dream. I did it. We did it. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who has played a part in my journey. You know who you are. I could not have done this without you. I want to be clear, I am leaving because my body can no longer put up with the rigors of the sport, and therefore my desire to fight is no longer there. If I cannot give my family, my team, and the fans everything that I have, then I should no longer be fighting. Above all, I give God the glory for allowing me to do what I've done for as long as I have." Unquote. Huh. Can I say that I'm not too surprised by this? I'm really not, on one hand. And also, I, you know, while I do have some problems with Ward, I can't help but feel a bit bad. I know that he has said that he never set out to be a superstar in this sport, but at the same time, I always felt that, okay, even though you you never set out to be a superstar, that's what's going to happen, but it never did. He never became somebody that you would see on talk shows. You know, you would expect to see him on The Tonight Show or you know, when when Letterman was still on, obviously, but Conan O'Brien, something like that. But no, as far as I know, he never was. I mean, he might have been on the local uh, Fox affiliate for Oakland, California, but that's about it. Uh, and the thing is, he really should have. Because this guy, undefeated since uh, the age of 12, and I've heard him talk about that last fight that he lost at the age of 12, and if I remember correctly, uh, the mother of his opponent was one of the judges for that fight, so he's kind of implying that, okay, that's why I lost, but regardless of that, okay, hasn't lost a fight since the age age of 12. Gold medalist, the last American male to win a gold medal in boxing at the Olympics. He cleared out the super middleweight division when he was somewhat of an underdog at the beginning of the Super 6 tournament. A lot of people thought that it was going to be Arthur Abraham and Mikel Kessler uh, who were going to be headlining the finale of that tournament. And lo and behold, uh, Ward's first fight against Mikel Kessler, that was really his coming out party in Oakland, California. He was... 
uh, I don't want to say that he wasn't well known, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of people expected him to be that good in dominating Kessler. And yeah, you can factor in stuff like Ward using uh, headbutts, whether intentional or not. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But you would have thought, okay, he, he wins a Super 6 tournament, but then he's off for quite a while, comes back against Chad Dawson. And I thought that was probably his best performance ever because he just... And remember, Chad Dawson was the guy who said that he could come down to 168 pounds, no problem, all right? So that is on Chad Dawson. I mean, I thought it would have been cool if now had been the time for Ward to move up to the light heavyweight division, take over that. And, uh, yeah, that, that didn't happen. I mean, domination of Dawson was great to see. I thought just a brilliant, uh, exhibition of boxing skills but uh, he, he just never made it work he, he he should have been a lot bigger than what he was and looking back at his career I think we're going to look at it and say well you know good job solid well done but there there is so much potential for a lot more that could have been done I remember hearing about how Virgil Hunter was saying that one day Ward was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world and I'm sorry, wouldn't that have been cool? Wouldn't it have been nice to see Ward more or less uh, make several more defenses, at least two or three more defenses at light heavyweight? I would have liked to have seen him take apart Adonis Stevenson if that fight took place. I would have liked to have seen him maybe move up to cruiserweight, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I always got the feeling from Ward sometimes that he enjoyed boxing as a sport. But he didn't like participating in boxing. And there's going to be all these issues about how there were always these long layoffs. I mean, he would would probably take a year and a half off, come back, do 12 rounds against some, basically a who's who of who gives a crap. And then he'd spend uh, another 18 months on the shelf while other people were you know, getting the recognition and stardom that he really deserved. So, you know, all, all the best to Andre Ward. Uh, retires with a record of uh, 32-0, and undefeated. Probably lost only a, hand, a handful of rounds throughout his career. But, um, like I said, I feel that there's the potential, there, or rather there was the potential to be so much more than what he was. And now this opens the question of who is number one pound for pound now that Ward's retired. If you go by the current rankings uh, at Ring Magazine, uh, they really need to update their website because they've still got Andre Ward at number one. But number two, because basically everybody moves up one spot, technically, according to their rankings, Gennady Golovkin is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. But there are so many good cases that you could make for three fighters in particular. One is Golovkin. Uh, the other is Terrence Crawford. And another one, which was pointed out to me by a good friend, is Vasily Lomachenko. And th- that's got to be something. Uh, you know, 10 fights and already you're the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, according to some people. That's, that's extraordinary. And speaking of Lomachenko, uh, he's got a fight coming up against... Another pound-for-pound pound fighter, Guillermo Rigondeau of Cuba. Uh, this is the biggest fight, I think, that can be made between two fighters with so few fights between them. Uh, Rigondeau has 17 victories, no losses, 11 knockouts. 
Lomachenko, nine wins, one loss, uh, seven KOs, but I, I think this could be exciting. A lot of people find Reagan, though, to be very boring, very, very technical. Lomachenko is a lot more exciting, and he is. Um, I, I, I hope that, uh, that this is an exciting fight that takes place. And I, I don't want to make it sound like Rigano is, you know, dreadful to watch. Because sometimes I like to go back and watch his uh, fight against Nonito Donaire. Because even though that's very technical, it's kind of uh, amazing how he was... Because Donaire at that time was regarded by some people as the best fighter in the world... And he was just taken apart by Rigano. The only good thing that Donaire did was land this one left hook that uh, dropped uh, Rigando. I think that was in the ninth round. But other than that, that I think that was the only bit of good that uh, Donaire was able to do. But anyway, pound for pound is all speculatory. Unfortunately, when you've got so many good fighters in the world... Um, it's hard to it's hard to have the consensus of who truly is number one it it, it you kind of long for the days where yeah you had a, a fighter like a floyd mayweather or manny pacquiao because nobody could deny that pacquiao was number one when he was at that ranking or floyd for that matter so yeah it you know it's down to golovkin crawford and lomachenko and uh Hopefully, we everybody arrives at some sort of consensus soon. Moving on. Now, for this next bit, I, I'm going to admit, I am not a boxing trainer, all right? I've sparred a few rounds. I have not had any amateur fights or professional fights. But at the same time, you know, having followed this sport for, gosh, almost 14 years, I do know one thing. If you are in the ring in a championship fight, Throw some goddamn punches. That is my advice to Willie Monroe Jr. after watching his fight against Billy Joe Saunders uh, the night of the 16th prior to the Gennady Golovkin-Canelo Alvarez fight. Good God almighty. You know, first of all, Monroe looked like he was in great shape. When you saw him at the weigh-in, when his you know nuts got punched by, Monroe's, or just, uh, by uh, Saunders' son, which was not nice... But um, he looked to be in great shape. And, you know, he, he obviously does have some skills. But there are moments in that fight where he is just standing in front of Saunders. And you're almost thinking, the guy is not moving. He is in tableau. That, see, for those of you who don't know, when I say he's in tableau, ever watch a theater production, the curtain roll curtain you know rolls up or rolls to the side whatever and all the actors are kind of frozen in spot and then they start moving well when they're frozen like that that's called tableau and that's what willie monroe was in that's the state he was in for most of this fight because he's just standing there and not doing anything it's kind of like throw some punches like you know saunders was cut at one point by an accidental headbutt and i just thought go after that cut flick your jab go after that cut you can do this but he wasn't and I, i'm just watching it wondering why isn't uh why isn't he doing anything more and afterwards i said william monroe is going to watch the tape and ask why the hell didn't i punch why the hell did i just stand still doing nothing uh 
I, I just don't get it. Uh, for some reason, uh, one judge had it 115-114. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders won the won the fight, obviously, won a unanimous decision. But 115-114, to 114, I don't know what the hell that judge was watching. I don't know what he was drinking, snorting, sniffing. I don't know, but 115-114, to 114, come on. I don't think you could have given uh willie monroe more than three rounds and i think i'm being a bit generous by giving by giving him three rounds to be quite honest that would imply that he put in a a very decent solid effort but uh regardless that's my uh little bit of corner advice for billy joe or not for billy joe (laughs) But for Willie Monroe and for all boxers in the future, if you are in the ring and you're in a championship fight, throw some goddamn punches. I don't know why Monroe's corner didn't tell him that. Uh, He should kind of say, why weren't you more honest? They're telling him at one point, oh, the the, the fight's even. If they tell you that the fight's even, that's their kind, gentle way of saying, look, there's a good chance you're probably losing this fight. And this is our kind and gentle way of saying, you're losing the fight. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just very frustrating to watch sometimes, people. Now, originally, Saunders was probably going to be getting the winner of Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez, which was happening later that evening. But since the fight ended in a draw, the question is, what's next? I've talked about what's next for uh, Golovkin and Canelo, but what about Saunders? Now, is there a chance that he's the one that Golovkin faces in December? Because, like I said, Golovkin doesn't like to stay on the shelf very long. He likes to fight, you know, three or four months every time. So, could that fight happen for December? Possibly, possibly not. Golovkin does say that he wants all the belts, and he has been targeting Saunders for a while but he also wants to beat Canelo he wants all the belts and Canelo's got that very prestigious ring magazine title so I don't know we're going to have to see where this goes I I think that uh I think that Golovkin would make very easy work of Billy Joe Saunders based on what I saw in the in the Willie Monroe fight all right there's just no question of it anyway that's all we have for you this week We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. That's my man, Andrew.